I'll meet you at the bottom. There's still one more thing I must do before I go. But if we don't hurry now, we might miss the plane. Of course. How selfish of me. Let's do all the things that you want to do. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with Danny King. Danny's coming to you from New York. I'm coming to you from Florida. And Danny, we are just about there to camp. We are so close to being there. We're so close to not having to talk about Baker Mayfield. We're so close to being able to talk about guys on the field, press conferences, all that comes along with that, seeing camp battles play out in front of our eyes. I'm excited. I'm pumped. But, Danny, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. And, and, yeah, as you said, we're it's basically here. But I, I said this on Twitter. This is, like, the worst part about this week. Like, it's basically there, but it's just not there yet. It's, like, teasing you. With with training camp, especially with the Broncos, they had their first practice today, and I was watching NFL Total Access, and I was just sitting there like jealous. I'm like, man, I wish that was us today. I know. I want us to be in the Hall of Fame game for the sole purpose of just being able to watch the Giants earlier. I don't care if we have to play five preseason games. I, I just want I just want to see our guys out there, man. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. Um, this is gonna this is gonna be a fun month coming ahead, you know. And that's and that's even before the season starts, man. I'm just. I've been fantasizing about it. Uh, like I said in the last episode, I've been listening to um, Explosions in the Sky, Your Hand in Mine. I watched Al Pacino's speech on any given Sunday a couple times today. I mean, I've just been going through it all, man. Like, I, that any given Sunday Al Pacino speech, that's how you know football is almost here. Because, it's like, I, I pretty much listen to that every single year around this time. No, well, you, you uh, was it yesterday, I believe, the Giants posted that, like, really hyped up training camp video that I was like I, I felt ready to go and you said you uh you made a little funny joke saying that you got to get a, a drywall guy into your house because something happened to the wall but that yeah. video got me really hyped I know it was like hey hey landlord how you doing it's good good what's what's going on I'm like oh I, I just think we're gonna have to get a drywall guy out to the house you know, what, what's wrong I'm like looks like someone ran <laughs> through the wall I don't know what happened it, it always happens when those videos go out <laughs> dude and I've been trying to think of like getting our own pump up ones but I'm horrible with technology, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm pumped to be here. But another thing that got our blood boiling a little bit was Mr. Baker Mayfield. He he did his ESPN interview with Mina Kimes, um, and he said, uh, "I should have put the the exact quote in front of my." Hand. I have the quote. Have yeah, the read quote. read the exact quote. Baker said, "Quote." He's here to play uh, – uh, Baker Mayfield on Odell, obviously. He said, quote, he's here to play in front of fans who actually care, who will actually show up to every game and pack the stadium and love him for who he is, end quote. So does he know he's talking about, like, Odell Beckham Jr. bandwagon fans are going to pack the stadium? Because, I mean, 
not many Browns fans packed that stadium in their losing years, but let me say this. Brown fans are very loyal to their team. I will give them that. Their team has sucked for years. But come on, Baker, really? You're going to say that? Stupid. Well, in the last five years, the Giants in attendance have been second, 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 fourth, and fourth. The Browns, 20th, 20th, 25th, 24th. And then this year where they had the first overall pick, one of the most exciting guys in the league in Baker Mayfield, um, in the playoffs in December – they were ranked 19. So it was just a really dumb shot. And I've seen people like, oh, like it was taken out of context. It's like, no, Baker Mayfield, he he knows what he's doing to say that actually care. Like, it's just such a dumb thing. He's 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 just I know he's like I I I get being irrational and backing your guy. But for him to take a shot at us was just dumb. And I know I wish we got to play them this year. I'm, I'm rooting for the Browns to fail so badly. Um and Baker Mayfield, I, th- I said, I think he's addicted to telling fans to, uh, that they're not real fans. I mean, even uh, last year, he told the Browns fans, he's like, I know it's cold, but, like, you guys aren't showing up uh, in a press conference after a game. And, I mean, like, Giants fans came together and just had – they had the receipts because we had the picture of Odell scoring in Cleveland, and it's all Giants fans in front of them. The, the pictures of empty stadiums. So I don't know. It like maybe I'm being overreacting, but it really did tick me off, um, and I got a little petty. But it was just aggravating. It's like, what are you talking about? Actual fans? Like Odell had a, a number one selling jersey. He was like the one of the most beloved guys. I mean, he's not even on our team, and people are still stands for him um, over the Giants. Like there's people who like they will back Odell and everything, and just bash the Giants on on every issue. So I I just don't know where Baker Mayfield gets off. He's and not to make this all about Baker, like, as a player, but I like when a guy's fiery. I really do. But the problem is, is it never ends because it's not ending with Baker. Like, the whole Hugh Jackson thing last year, I got – at first I was like, that's kind of cool. And then, like, I talked to somebody, like, and they kind of convinced me. Like, no, that's kind of silly. Like, Hugh Jackson was fired. Like, what do you want him to still be loyal to the team that fired him midseason? Like, what do you expect him to do, not go get a job with Marvin Lewis? So, I don't know. I, I'm just over Baker Mayfield in his mouth. And I just cannot wait for it to be humbled this year. Yeah, I, I, I slept in uh, yesterday. I didn't have to go to work. So, I, I slept in. And I woke up, and I see Bleacher Reports on my phone. And I, then I see Baker Mayfield called out Odell, uh, Giants fans. Then I read the quotes, and I'm like, man, I don't even want to bother getting in on this conversation. So, I just posted, like, Shannon Sharp laughing. Because that that's really what it was. It was just a, a funny quote he had. It was... As you said, Baker Mayfield, I, I like the guy. I like the passion he has for the game, but he's got to learn sometimes just to cool down with some of the rhetoric because just because the Browns have all this talent doesn't mean that they'll be good. Now, don't get me wrong. The Browns are probably going to be good this year because they have a wider range of talent, but Odell and Baker, they're two very explosive personalities, and I could easily see that boiling over at one point if this season and maybe even next season, but... As you said, I really want to play on this year just so we can shut up Baker Mayfield and those Browns. But luckily, we get to do it next year in 2020. Uh, if, if that's a home game, I'm 100% going to that game. But It is a home game, and I've already planned that I'm, I'm flying out for that game. It's a home game? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm going I'm to gone. that game. Like it, I'm gone. We're, we're, we're going to that game. We're gone. Um, we'll be sitting at the very top, but Baker Mayfield will still hear my loud and obnoxious voice. No, I, um, I, I can maybe get a hookup. Who knows? But we'll talk about that when the time comes. But Baker Mayfield just, uh, as I said, I like Baker Mayfield, but 
yeah, you're right. He takes shots at fans for no reason. That last year when he's saying fans should come back to the stadium, Baker's had no right to call out Cleveland Browns fans because, as I said, they are some of the most loyal fans in this league going for all those horrible years and now possibly having a good year. Yeah, the stadium's going to be packed because the team fans now you know, hope that something could go right. But as, I, as you said, it was petty quotes by Baker. And if this season goes bad for the Browns, then, oh boy, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Too bad they don't got hard knocks this year. I know. I really wish they would have held off on a hard knock show this year. But they have a new head coach, I guess, so they couldn't be oh, yeah, they could even do it anyway, yeah. Um, by the way, Raiders hard knocks. Like, I'm getting – I'm going to have to order the HBO channel, like, for that. That's going to be unbelievably entertaining. Um, and Giants hard knocks would have been really boring. Oh, oh. and that reminds me um, – now, maybe I'm nitpicking, but Kim Jones, who was on uh, Good Morning Football this morning, and maybe I'll – I might actually put the uh, the clip in here. But basically, she was like, they, Eli Manning and Daniel Jones are so similar. They stand the same way. They go through the drills the same way. And I was just like, really? Like, they stand the same way? Like, like wh- where were they supposed to, like, one was supposed to, like, be slouched, like, bent over, and the other one standing straight? <laughs> like, I don't know, like, what that means, they stand the same way. It's like, they even go through the drills the same way. Like, you mean the drills that are ran by a coach? To be done a specific way, <laughs> they look similar. No, re- really, you really that they're similar. That's wild. And it's like I and now don't get me wrong, like the lookalike pictures. Um, I forget her name. She does great photos. Uh, Danielle. She works with Art uh, Art Stapleton for um, uh, NorthJersey.com. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll look her up while I'm talking. But like, like yeah, the pictures are are funny because they do look similar with the helmet on. But, like, it's, like, this so, like, come on, like, get off your lazy takes. It's so similar. They stand the same way. It's uh, Danielle, uh, pa, oh, her name is a doozy, Par, Parhikazaran. It's Danielle, at Danielle, Parhiz, P-A-R-H-I-Z. So give her a follow. She does really good work. In fact, her photos were the ones that got, like, shared all over the place uh, after that first time Eli and Daniel were next to each other. But it's, like, come on, can we, like, do something else about the Giants because we give like some analysis instead of just being like, you know what? They stand the same way. It's unbelievable. I mean, well, yeah, like it was funny. Like the first <laughs> few weeks when like we were able to like, cause, don't, don't get me wrong. There are some things that are very similar about these two guys. Drills, that's stupid, but like they, they do have a lot of similarities to each other, but we are getting so close to training camp. We can't talk about maybe like how our offensive line is improved, or we could talk about how bad Eli Manning could be, like something along those lines. We have to talk about the way they stand. I mean, the the dead time is basically over now. We should have some information to talk about. Let's talk about, let's make up a story that Daniel Jones is going to hold out on the Giants and not sign his rookie deal. Let's get that talking, but obviously that's not going to happen. But Oh, yeah, I, I put that up as a conspiracy theory the other day, that the reason he hasn't signed is that he's not in camp, and then we don't have, like, they don't want to have a QB battle, and that will take all the attention from it. Obviously, a false conspiracy theory, but I mean, most of them are anyway, so wh- why can't mine be credited? No, yeah, I mean, but as you said, like, seriously, we're going to talk about the way they run drills similar. Like, if if Eli's running a drill good, I hope Daniel Jones is running said drill better. I don't want to see Eli doing the drill great and Daniel Jones just sucking in the corner, like, throwing interceptions left, right, and center. So it was just it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Kim Jones, but that was just weird. I know, I do too. It was just kind of silly. Um, so yeah, there's not much going on. I'm debating right now. I'm on air producing if we should preview camp battles since we will be doing an episode Tuesday. 
Um, you know what? I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save it for for Tuesday because Let's we did an interview. Up. I should have brought that up at the beginning. I always forget to forget, bring this up at the beginning. We did an interview, and I mean, if you're listening, you see it in the title, anyways. We uh, we did an interview with our good friend Justin Panic of the Bleeding Blue Podcast. Uh, Justin's been a, like a huge supporter of ours um, from even before we even joined John Boy Media. Like he's been a huge supporter of us, like back from like when I was just doing Simple Man. Um, so Justin's a good guy. Um, I think he works hard and does good work, and he's somebody I can disagree with, and it doesn't turn into like a pissing match um, or like you know name calling. Uh, so yeah, I like that about Justin. We did a really good interview with him, and we both went on his show, which I guess it'll be out the same time as ours is, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Like that was a lot of fun. Justin let us you know let our hair down a little bit, kind of get throw out some hot takes. Danny, you were you were blazing hot with some of your takes. They're a little <laughs> rapid fire. I mean, it was a lot of fun. So. After you're done listening to this, you gotta go listen to theirs and and give Justin a follow. No, yeah, it was it was really fun. Just to, as you said, it was more of a relaxed talking giants. It was like what nine thirty at night. We were just having fun. And there's a bad thunderstorm going on. That's still a funny moment to me. As uh, David was asking a question, I was like, "Oh, good lord!" And it made it sound like I was like critiquing him, but I was like, "No, no, no, just really bad." A, a thunder <laughs> just really took me by surprise. But no, yeah, it was a fun interview we got here for you guys coming up. It was very good as well. We were able to break down as a pro football focus pyramid. That was fun to get to know. And then just going on his show, just Bobby throwing out Daniel Jones hot take. So if you wanted Daniel Jones hot take. Or just hear Bobby rant about it. You can go over there, and I'll also wrap up my uh, or give some of my final thoughts on my player breakdown series that I had on my Twitter. Yeah, it was nice because we haven't done like a Daniel Jones episode in over a month, so it was like I could just put all my rants into one. It was a lot of fun. So, like they say on their show, without further ado, here's Justin Panic of Bleeding Blue. All right, we now welcome on to the program our good friend, Justin Pennick of the Bleeding Blue Podcast. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Bobby. I'm honored to be on this show, so I thank you so much. Bobby, Danny, how are you guys doing today? Good. Doing you know, good. Just, good. We were set to do this, and then Daniel Jones tweeted, mm. and that like puts all the, like, the emergency sounds in my head and the alarms going off, and so we had to push it back about 10 minutes. But anyways, we're doing good, man. We're glad to have you on. Uh, before before we get started, and we'll bookend it too, uh, what is Bleeding Blue, and who the frick are you, man? Who the freak am I? My name is Justin Pennick. You can find me on Twitter at jpennick 74 I am the co-host of a podcast called Bleeding Blue. We are Bleeding Blue for the New York Football Giants. We were once Bleeding Blue for the New York Yankees, but we've kind of recentered our focus. Um Basically, you know, just like you guys, and this is why I feel like we we all get along so well, is because we're a fan podcast. We want to bring that fan perspective. I really feel like the the Giants and Giants content creators, they're very much overran with the beat reporters and the kind of the bigger talking heads. I really do value a fan's perspective. And really what Bleeding Blue is trying to do is trying to do is to bring that perspective and to create a Bleeding Blue Giants community. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I appreciate it. And and one of the reasons I like you is, is I could take jabs at you, and and you don't mind. I, I love when I can I can go at somebody, and it's, it's fine. Um, and and you're you're pretty good with that. So I, I like that you can be disagreed with. Um, so but yeah, let's let's get let's just get into it though, and we'll we'll talk about your show a little more at the end. Um, 
you have this positional value pyramid. Just tell me about it. What, like, what is it? Sure. So one of the things that I did this offseason is I did a very in-depth thread on NFL positional value and uh, a pyramid that was basically created back in 2010. Uh, the person who created the pyramid is escaping my mind at the moment. But if you go to the Bleeding Blue website, you will be able to find it there and the entire article. But basically, it's sick. it takes all most of the positions that are in an NFL team, offense, defense does not account for special teams, and it breaks those positions down into six different tiers. Positions like quarterback are in the first tier, and that's the only position in the first tier because quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. And then positions like left tackle in the second tier. And then if you go to the sixth tier, there's number two inside line, inside linebacker, fullback, et cetera, fill in the blanks from there. So what I did is basically I kind of had a thought and I wanted to ask myself, what are successful teams in the NFL doing that the New York football giants aren't doing? Why do we seem like sometimes we are a little bit behind the overall trends of the game? So one of the things that I wanted to do is taking each team, every single football team, all 32 teams, and analyzing them through this NFL positional value pyramid by looking up pro football focus grade grades for every single player from the previous season and then calculating the averages per tier. And then seeing the results and what we do in the actual the blog is that we use those averages and those weighted averages to predict the 2019 and if, like the results of the 2019 every division. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at your pyramid right now. Um, like you said, you got quarterback at the top. That's a no brainer. Then and then left tackle, primary corner and then edge rusher. Then on the third, you got nose tackles, number one wide receivers. Um the only thing I would disagree with, and you can explain why, and it's not a big disagreement, you have inside linebackers on the fourth tier and then right tackle on the fifth. I'd probably swap that, but, I mean, what, what's your reasoning uh, for that? Now, this is actually something that I mentioned as a limitation in the article. Again, this pyramid is not mine. I actually do plan on creating my own pyramid with the help of community on Twitter, community on Instagram, you know, Bleeding Blue community, wherever – and creating our own, this pyramid's from 2010. It's a little bit outdated. So I did mention that that was a limitation to this quote-unquote study, that the fact that you know you do have right tackle down on that fifth tier. You do have nickelback, which is actually in the sixth tier. In a, in a passing game, having your nickelback as one of the least valuable positions on a football team, I would say I would really heavily disagree with that. Other people may not, but I would I would disagree with that. So that's something that we are going to change, and hopefully this can evolve as the years go on. Definitely. So what what do you say would be the Giants' biggest strength? And I don't want to even just go like just all the pyramid, but like what do you, what do you think would be like the one area where it's like the Giants are doing this right, and then on the on the opposite end, one's like what's like they haven't addressed this and they should have. Well, I'll tell you what. Especially when we, if we're going to rework the pyramid, and if we are going to rework some positions. The secondary is a huge, huge plus for the Giants, especially if, again, value, 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 value. Bobby, you poke fun at me for, for talking about value so much, and arguably I may talk about it a little bit too much, but I'm looking at this one spot where we have number two corner, strong safety. This is the third tier. Number two corner, strong safety, five technique, second edge rusher, and inside linebacker. Um, obviously, inside linebacker is a little, you know, it's a little bit, we can desire that to 
a little bit more, but Alec Ogletree, hopefully he can turn it around in year two. Secondary edge rusher, I'm high on Marcus Golden, believe it or not. Five technique, B.J. Hill slash Dalvin Tomlinson slash Dexter Lawrence. The versatility that's there is extremely strong. Strong safety, Jabril Peppers, number two corner, Sam Beal slash DeAndre Baker. So I think that's a very, very strong third tier. I'm sorry, fourth tier for the New York football Giants headed into 2019. Okay, you mentioned Golden, and that piqued my interest because I really haven't spent much time on him um, besides, you know, looking at stats and whatnot yet. Tell me what you like about him because I feel like he's kind of the most forgotten guy on the team right now. That's at least supposed to be part of, you know, the starting rotation or or, or within it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I listen to the Giants Huddle podcast, and I absolutely am in love with that podcast that they're doing we'll, right now. We'll bleep, we'll bleep that out. <laughs> Why? What happened? Well, we're the best podcast, and we can't oh. talk about other. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> no, but definitely in terms of just you know interviewing and having access to just so much, uh, Giants Huddle and what they're bringing. I mean, what they naturally can bring to the table just because they are the New York Football Giants. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and the dude is a grinder. Like Marcus Golden is an absolute grinder, and. You know, you put the stats aside and you put some of the numbers aside. The, his approach and also talking about and mentioning that he did tear his ACL two years ago. And last season he was coming off of it was the season that he was coming off of that torn ACL. So the production and his overall performance was certainly you want more out of. And I think James Betcher is going to really, really pull what he got out of him during his years in Arizona. Okay, well, I mean, that's exciting because I, th I think that would probably be most people's, like, biggest worry is the pass rush on, on the outside. And I know that James Betcher's scheme is not just, like, you know, four, four guys on the line and we're going to run cover two and we're just going to be better than you. So I know that it's not, like, it's not as big as a hole as it would be on, on certain schemes. But, yeah, I, I would like to see Golden do really well. Um, and obviously, like, that's not a hot take. But, yeah, I think he can be really important to the team. And if I don't think he, if he doesn't do well, I think they'll probably shuffle him out pretty quick and, and right. try other guys. Um, right. And besides, and besides the just obviously the intangibles of the dude's a grinder, he works really hard and he's really dedicated to his craft. During the year where he really had his standout career year under James Betcher, he ranked 12th out of 57 qualified edge rushers, according to Pro Football Focus, with a total of 53 QB pressures. And I know some guys like Dan Schneier. Who, who we both interviewed at, at, at some points, they really, guys like that really value QB pressures as opposed to the big sack numbers. So, and, and QB hits is another kind of number as well. So, 53 QB pressures during his career year. Hopefully, he can bring some of that back in 2019. I, I have something that I'm going to chime out here really quickly. I'm looking at it. Uh, it's the one, two, three, four, the fifth tier, I believe, is with uh, Antoine Buffan in it. Uh, how much did he factor into that tier of his 2017 season? Because I remember he had a really good year with James Betcher. How much did he factor into that tier having a high grade with the 81.26? Let me actually pull it up. Can we can we edit a little bit here? No, nah, just go ahead, man. I'll, I'll fill it in. Um, I'll, okay. I can even answer that. Danny, I think he you just uh, put all the pro football focus grades in there, right, and like averaged it out? Yeah, he put it all in there. I just wonder how much of a, an effect did uh, Antoine Buffet did, because I just know how big of a season he had with James Betcher. Like, Golden and him both were very good with Betcher. I just want to know how much did that help out that tier a little bit. Well, obviously, if you include 
you know, Saquon Barkley is a guy who's also in that tier. So obviously he is going to inflate yeah. that fifth tier. But I did include Antoine Pathea's 2017 season because, again, that just that just makes sense. So his great grade that he had in 2017, I I'm, I'm, can't really think of it on the top of my head, but it certainly did help inflate, again, with Saquon, which I can argue till the cows come home about how running back is – holds little value in today's NFL. Doesn't mean that I don't like Saquon as a player. I love Saquon as a player, but the position itself. And then the same thing with free safety. You can argue the position itself as free safety, how much value does it hold? But definitely Bethea's 2017 grade with Betcher does inflate that fifth tier. Why do you hate Saquon? <laughs> Poppy, I just said I love Saquon. I know, I, I know. That, I this really... is where me not having the video set up is... Like my dry humor sometimes just doesn't go yeah. well over the phone. No, and, <laughs> and I and I and I definitely know, but I have I do have to say, and I really hope nobody clicks off because of this. I heavily, heavily disagreed with the pick in 2018. I really did. It's there's a difference between disagreeing with the pick and disagreeing with the player and not liking the player. So I really do want to make that I really do want to make that clear. But I'm extremely, extremely excited for the direction that this team is headed to in 2019 because they finally answered the quarterback question and the quarterback problem. Yeah, I, I don't mind that take. Um, so the offense, you've been doing a lot of stuff on the on the on the 2018 offense. And obviously, you know, Odell's gone and Tate has added to the mix. The offensive line, you know, added uh, Zeitler and Remmers. Uh, we'll see what Jalapio is or, or, or even if he wins that job. What are some bright spots that you really like about this team on offense? One of the bright spots that I like is that in 2019, I feel we are going to actually have a more complete and versatile offense that we had in 2018. Now, granted, obviously, the offensive line is a lot better, so that's like, oh, yeah, well, that's not really a hot take, Justin. But when you remove, arguably, the game's best wide receiver, no matter who you put in there, it's certainly suspect. Like, it's certainly suspect to, to say the least about, oh, where could this team go next? But the fact that that piece is gone, and if you look at the film – from 2018, especially in the first half of the season where Odell Beckham Jr. was there for every single football game and we only won one game the first half of the season, you saw Eli forcing the ball to Odell, partially because Odell was going to throw a hissy fit if he didn't get his targets. Second of all, Odell Beckham Jr. is such a playmaker with the ball in his hands that you do want to try to get the ball in his hands. So I feel like it was a combination of both of those things. With him gone... And with especially Golden Tate, the signing which I was critical of at first, there was a lot of emotions that were running high after Beckham was traded. And then what the hell? We signed this 31-year-old receiver to a four-year deal, two years guaranteed. What are we doing? But if you look at, again, Bobby, and this is credit to you, you kind of broke down Golden Tate and his year-by-year -year stats. And you're like, Golden Tate is a really good receiver. He can take on the targets that Oldo Beckham Jr. got. You should expect to see 150 targets out of Golden Tate you should expect to see this offense as a whole be more versatile because there isn't going to be such a need to feed the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. I, I want to circle – sorry, Bobby. Really quick. I just want to circle back to that golden uh, Odell point you had. That's something I always felt with Eli. If he didn't see Odell was open sometimes, he would just like take the sack or something. He really wouldn't look around the field because Odell's that type of player that you could throw many passes to, and he'll end up catching that. So that's why I feel like this offense, yes, Odell is that type of player you want on your team. 
But this offense, I feel like, will benefit even more without him on the team because Eli, in 2017, he had to look around the field and find guys to use. Now with Odell gone, he could spread the field to, like, an Evan Ingram, a Golden Tate. So that's why I'm excited to see how this offense functions without Odell now basically with him nowhere near the game plan. Justin, who do you who do you expect a bigger year out of, Tate or Shep? Oh, Golden Tate, without a doubt. Golden Tate, without a doubt. I don't think Sterling Shepard has shown that he is – not he's capable of it, but I don't think he's shown the consistency that we've wanted to see out of him to take on that huge leap that is Odo Beckham Jr. number one wide receiver targets. And again, I, I you know I really feel like people don't appreciate 150 targets is a lot of targets for a receiver to be thrown at, and especially for them to catch 90 or 100 of those balls. That is a lot of catches. And not to say that Sterling Shepard doesn't have that in him, but will he show it and will that production actually play out in 2019? I would say no. That is not going to mean that Sterling Shepard is going to have a bad year. Golden Tate has just shown it for a lot longer. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I, I really like the Golden Tate signing. And I, my emotions were the, the same as you when it first happened. It's like, what is, what is going Like, why are we signing this old guy when we just traded Odell? Um, but, at, you know, when you look, it's okay, it's a two-year contract, and he's been really good. And and I don't even look at Golden Tate as having a bad year. I mean, if 79 catches being traded halfway through the season is a bad year, I mean, that I'll, I'll take a, a bad year if that's if that's that. Um, and then Shep, it's what do you what do you see his ceiling on being like? Just not even like this year, but like say year you know age twenty nine four years from now. Because I really struggle with like what is Shep long term? Is he gonna be? Is he gonna take Tate's role when he's off the team two years? Like I, it's hard for me to find out what his ceiling would be. Honestly, I not two totally different offenses and two totally different receivers, but I kind of see Sterling Shepard as kind of like a Mario Manningham. But, you know, a guy that gives you great production, a guy that you have very fond memories of, but somebody that just never took like that huge leap and that huge step forward to be like, OK, this guy's like a top 15, top 20 receiver, number one receiver in the NFL. You have fond memories of gave you good production, but just never took that step. Do, do, does that comparison kind of make sense? No, I, I get I get like the the description, but I do think like he I think he's better than Manningham. I think he has more big playability. We didn't see it a whole lot last year, honestly. I mean, he was good. Last, he was solid last year, but like they, in in twenty eighteen, he made a lot of big plays. In twenty sixteen, he had eight touchdowns. And I know touchdowns can be inflated, but I think last year was almost kind of a down year for him, almost even though uh, you know he did get the contract. So I, I'm really excited to see what he is because I. I mean, I know what I can reasonably expect out of him, but I don't know if it's going to be 50 catches or, or 82 catches. Right, right. And I'm looking at I'm looking at a pro football pro football reference right now. 107 targets, 66 catches, and both of those numbers were the highest that he's had in his career. And he's played 16 games in 2016, which was his rookie year. 16 games, 16 starts in 2018. So. We could see, and again, like to, to expect like such a huge jump in targets when relatively his role is going to be the same in this year's offense. I think that's a big ask, and it's going to be a little unrealistic to have such that big expectation for that jump in targets. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Evan Ingram has the most to gain with uh, uh, Odell being off the team. Not to say that like the offense as a whole makes a gain with him out of mouth, but I think Evan Ingram personally has the most to gain. 
um, especially with Golden Tate is gonna he's gonna garner a lot of, of the, the 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 targets that Odell left on the team. Um, anything else you want? Like, is there a player that you're expecting to jump up? Whether it's maybe like a O'Shane Zimmons, is there is it? What's the one player that you see surprising everybody this year? Um, on good end or bad end, could it be someone like dropping off and not being a part of the team, or or you know a young guy jumping up? I think Julian Love is going to be the Swiss Army knife of of the team this year. I was not expecting to have, for him to get as many snaps at safety as he did in the spring. That is happening, and. I thought he was going to be exclusively at the slot corner. I thought it was going to be him and Grant Haley kind of vibe, uh, you know, vibing out for that spot. But the fact that he's getting that snaps at, at safety too, and that's a position that you know I think both of, both of us have acknowledged on social media. That's a position that's thin, and the fact that he can play both of those spots, I think he's really, really, despite him being a rookie, he's really, really going to surprise a lot of people with his production and overall play and what he can bring to this football team. Definitely. All right. I, I want to close it up here um, with some uh, last couple of thoughts. Uh, Justin, the Bleeding Blue podcast, I've been listening for the past few months. I know me and you linked up uh, probably around like the, the Super Bowl last year. I remember us, you know, swapping rating and reviews. And I listened for a few minutes and, and didn't think much just because I don't really listen to the podcast. But the last – the last few months, I'd say a little, maybe a little pre-draft. I've been listening to every episode. I really enjoy it, um, and I like that even like you have like um, Wiley on. And it's funny because Wiley, you know, I, I was like, okay, he 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 does a show. I'll, I'll follow him, you know, support others. And then he followed me back, and he unfollowed me. And I was like, why does this guy like so mad when I say positive things? And then I <laughs> I realized that he he is he he's the Eagles fan, right? He's an Eagles fan, and he's the biggest troll that I know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't realize it. I was like, man, I can understand people think I'm a little too positive, but, man, he really hates my takes. Um, but, no, I, I like how you have, like, different people on uh, for different point of views. David, I think, does a really good job. I think you guys have really good chemistry. Um, but tell me, like, how you got into it, um, and then, like, what are some, like, your plan? Like, what are your goals with it? All right, so, basically, uh, I – I, I, I like to say that my podcasting career started with the, the second half of the 2016 Yankees because that's when I discovered John Boy. That's when I discovered Talking Yanks. And basically the community that Talking Yanks has built since that time that I started following, I've always felt like I am in the room with John Boy and Jake. And I feel the same way when I listen to you guys. I feel like I am in the room with Bobby and Danny when they're doing their show. And basically, after being on Twitter and after interacting with people, be like, oh, it's so cool to just talk with people. And it's so cool when this person that I really admire, when they answer back and when they give their take back or when they like my stuff. Um, so really, when it came down to it, I said, I want to create my own things. I want to have my name on something that I can be proud of. And also, I want to create a community with other people just like you know, Talking Yanks has and John Boy has and so many other great podcasts have of the Giants, Yankees, and all your favorite teams that you follow. I really want to – I really – community is at the core of what we do for Bleeding Blue, and that's what we want to do. We want to bleed blue all together. We want to watch the Giants win. We want to commiserate when they're losing, and that's really the overall goal. I really don't have goals. I said this on, a, on an episode a few weeks ago because there is this thing called the rival fallacy where – 
if you put yourself like, oh, I want to get 10,000 followers on Twitter. But then when you reach 10,000 followers, it's like, oh, well, you know, what, what did I actually accomplish? It's just, it's just a number. So I really don't have a, a direct goal, but I really want to work hard. Um, I really want to continue to work hard with Bleeding Blue and just keep on creating good content. Um, and I appreciate the, the compliments, uh, Bobby and Danny. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you on the whole goal setting thing because I am someone who sets goals. But like you said, they're constantly changing. And it's like once you reach one, like I remember when I, you know, I, you know, I started this all with Snowman Radio and I was listening to some stuff. And they're like, if you get like a if you have like 100 downloads, like after your first year, you're doing all right. And then like it just it never satisfies. And I think that's something that drives both of us. Right. Um, and I, I, I appreciate you one because you work hard and you're continuing at it because like when I when I first got linked up with you, I didn't I didn't know you, and I'm like, okay, he's got a podcast, but so does 10 million other people. But like it's 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 pretty easy to tell when someone works hard at their stuff, and uh, that's pretty evident with yours. Um, so yeah, uh, where can before I let you go, where can we follow you um, again and like the bleeding blue and like what what's your like schedule, aka plan with that? All right, so you, again, you could follow me on Twitter at jpenix74. You could follow the podcast on Twitter at bleeding double underscore blue. There's two underscores, not just one. You can follow us on Instagram at bleedbluepod. We are on basically most of the major platforms that you can find us. You know, if you search bleeding blue NY Giants podcast, you will be able to find us. And basically, what we're going to be doing, Bobby and Danny, they announced uh, last week about they're going to be doing their PPPs, their player profile and projections, breaking down every single Giants player, every single significant Giants player on this roster. And we're going to be doing that, too. And that's going to be starting at the end of July. So basically every day, six days a week, except Sundays, you'll be able to hear Bleeding Blue. And that's going to be our schedule throughout training camp up until the day before the 2019 season starts in Dallas. Definitely, man. I appreciate you going. Danny, I didn't mean to shut you out. You got any last words, any jabs you want to take at Justin before he yes, goes? Please. No, I mean, I, no, I mean, it was a good interview. Oh, sorry, Danny. I got to shut you down again. I can't believe I forgot this question. I like thought about it in my head today. You going to chug a gallon of milk? Yes. Oh, my God. I've – okay, so the, here's, here's the bet. If Curtis Riley makes an NFL pro roster, Justin Pennick has to do the milk challenge, which is – chugging a gallon of milk and i think i would have an hour to do it now here's a few problems with that the raiders are bad they have a terrible secondary <laughs> curtis riley curtis riley is probably going to make an nfl pro roster also i hate milk i think i'm gonna vomit i'm and bobby said i have to chug whole milk which is extra fatty and extra thick i am definitely going to vomit so go i'm bigger go home <laughs> go bigger go home there's health there's dangerous health effects to this as well so i'm contemplating an ethical contemplation of whether i should uphold to my promise that i've made or whether i should try to drink as much milk as i should in an hour and then just dump a lot of milk on my head and on my body and maybe that will substitute if i don't finish the gallon if you don't chug the whole gallon i'll be your worst enemy <laughs> i will t i will turn on you like complete 180 on you I will, I will like destroy, I will do everything I can to destroy the Bleeding Blue podcast. So you better chug that gallon of milk, Justin. One, one star rating. That would just, that would destroy <laughs> my life if you gave me a one star rating on the Apple podcast app. Yeah. I have, yeah I'm happy I got shut down for that question. That was a very, we needed to know the answer to that. <laughs> we, we tried to troll them. The, uh, or, not we, I did. I tried to troll them. Uh, I, was, I can't remember who I was watching, but he dropped the interception. And I was like, Curtis Riley, you suck. And I was like, Completely expecting it. People were tagging him in quote teats. Completely expecting it, but didn't get it. I think he learned his lesson a little bit. Yeah. But 
If if he chugs if he chugs if you have to chug that milk, I I guarantee you he'll be uh he'll be responding. I don't think he's I gonna mean, show you respect though. He seems kind of like a jerk. He called me a fat boy. Yeah, he's a jerk. <laughs> my my I, favorite, I mean, yeah, I get it. my my favorite thing about that was I got a, I think it was like a few days before that I got a nice heartfelt message thank you for snacks and then, <laughs> and then you you tag Curtis around he's like you're gonna be chugging a gallon of milk fat boy I'm like wow two totally different guys. <laughs> Did did you even tag him or did he name search himself? No, Justin? he I I usually don't tag players. He name searched himself. God, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start tagging players more. When we were doing our our like our pre-draft stuff, I would always tag them and I'd always be like, hopefully they retweet this. And you get a few, you like Devin Bush. But if, if Devin Bush heard what I said about him on Superman Radio, uh, I don't think he would have retweeted it um, on our on our on our our mock draft, our fan mock draft. All right, don't uh, tag. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, we'll let you go. I uh, appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely talk soon. Thank you so much. Honored, guys. Honored for the appearance. Go Big Blue. All right. See you, Justin. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, that was really good stuff with Justin. I appreciate him coming on. I appreciate him having us on our show. Um, go give his show a five-star rating and review. Do it to ours, too, by the way. Like, we, I mean, we cannot wait till camp. I really think we're going to make a jump. We're going to make a bump, baby. It's been a fun camp. Um, in fact, I decided that we are going to name a listener of the offseason, and we'll oh. do a listen, listener of the preseason, and then a listener of the regular season. And I already know who the listener of the offseason is. Like, this guy is our, like, number one guy. He leaves questions in the mailbag all the time. By the way, sorry we didn't do a mailbag today. Uh, but we figured with with camp coming up next week, it'll fire up and give us some fresh blood in it. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll name that on the next episode. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll have to do, we'll have to do something special for him. Um, and he knows who he is. He already knows who he is. I'm not going to go away too many hints. I haven't told him, but I'm just saying he knows who he is. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a fun episode. So, like I said, leave us a rating and review. Appreciate it. We got two new ones off of our last episode, so that's cool. Um, you know, the numbers have been pretty static since the Dan Shiner interview, which is to be expected in this, this like, last final dead time. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate it, Danny. It's been a lot of fun. And until next time, folks, until two, until Monday, actually. Oh, that's that's a good reminder. Monday. Monday starts our player profile previews, PPPs. So the first one will be Monday. We'll have a regular show on Tuesday, then another one, you know, another PPP on Wednesday, Thursday, and then a regular show on Friday. And it'll be that schedule throughout the preseason. Obviously, we'll be doing episodes like the you know the day after any game, so that will change our schedule up a little bit. So yeah, episodes every weekday going forward up until game day. It's gonna be a lot of fun, Danny. So until then, folks, let's go, Big Blue.